Uh, it was ugly last night, another ugly one. You know what the Eagles do really well? They are consistently ugly. You got to give them that. There's not too many teams that consistently can play their worst every single week, but the Eagles figure out a way to do it. If you got to give them credit for something, they are consistently bad, and that's tough to do. Even bad, bad football teams pull that one game out, and you're like, huh, not this one. Not this one. Sports Pass Live. I'm Mike Gill, 97.3 ESPN, at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. He's Hunter Brody, at Broads81. Josh Hennings producing today's show. You out there, our Facebook audience. What's up, everybody? We are live on Facebook, and of course, you can always be a part of the show, 609-403-0973. Anytime hotline was buzzing last night, was it not, Broads? All right, uh, we'll have to try to work on that connection there and see what's going on. And uh, hopefully we can uh, reconnect with him in just a second. But, uh, yeah, it was ugly last night. It was one of those things where uh, essentially uh, you're going to get into this conversation that has been going on for a while. Is it Doug Peterson? Is it Carson Wentz? Look, it is both of these guys. They both have a hand in what happened in the game last night. There's no question about it. I mean, Doug Peterson, I tweeted this out earlier today. I'm at the point now where I don't believe Doug Peterson wants to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles anymore. So in anything that I'm judging in Doug Peterson, I'm keeping that in mind now, is that Doug Peterson essentially, I believe, no longer wants to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He essentially, I thought yesterday, when, when, they, when you deal out the cards of why I feel that way, there's a lot that came out yesterday that kind of shows me why I feel that way, but... Um, in the end, I just feel that Doug Peterson has gotten at peace with, I don't want to be the coach of this organization any longer, and I'm okay with that. And that's the way he coached that game last night, is I don't care what the repercussions are of my actions, because I don't want to be here anymore. That's how I felt. Is that okay, though? Are you okay with your head coach making no. that type of statement? No, I give him an F for last night. I give him an F. Because you can't go for it at the 50-yard line. On fourth down, you can't go for it on fourth and four when a field goal cuts the lead uh, to a one-score game. I mean, those decisions are, are horrible. Uh, but in the end, he's in, that, he's in this position, and I know you're not going to agree with me. He's in this position because his quarterback is not equipped to play in the NFL currently. He is not an NFL starting quarterback. And Doug Peterson is put in this position to have to do these asinine things because he is playing basically with one hand tied behind his back. His quarterback can't complete a routine throw. He can't make split-second decisions. And it has hampered this team to the point where now you have the head coach basically doing things that are so out of the norm because he doesn't trust his offense at all. So it's like, hey... I'm inside the 20. I have got to try to score because I don't think we can get back down there. Yeah, I do see it a little differently. I don't think that the reason why Doug Peterson is bad is because of Carson Wentz. I think that there are just a 
bunch of issues with this team. And I think the broadcast said it best towards the end of the game. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of how do you rebuild this franchise? Because it's broken. So yes, Carson Wentz was miserable. And I will go on a, a whole entire rant about how Carson Wentz has been really bad this season. But your wide receivers blow. They can't get open. They can't get open against the worst passing defense in the NFL. There's no time with the offensive line. You're not running the foot. Miles Sanders had one carry in the second half. Like, there's so many problems with this team that all add up. Now, look, if the wide receivers can't get open, I can't crush Doug Peterson because, well, look, they're not executing either. But I don't think it's as simple as Doug Peterson stinks because Wentz stinks. I think there are just so many problems. Let's look at this draft class, right? And I'm not saying that you need to have guys in their first year just dominate the league. But you don't have one. Not one person making an impact from your most recent draft. That's a big problem. So I just look at this organization and that last quote. How do you rebuild this franchise because it's broken? And that's where I stand. Well, here's the thing. One, are the receivers getting separation consistently? No. No, they're not. There are times where there are no places to throw because they're not getting separation. Two, should I expect them to have consistent separation? I don't think so. I think that's asking a lot to say you're going to be open every single play. However, there are enough plays throughout the night that the receivers are open and that Wentz just does not make the the indecisiveness, the indecision that Carson Wentz has is written all over the place. It's all over. It's easy to see. There are guys open. There are schemed open. There are opportunities to make the play. And this is where, look, does, does Peterson do a great job? He's okay. He is what he is. But you watch some of the stuff uh, Baldy said today. This is a pattern that every team in the league runs. Every team in the league runs. This isn't anything crazy. This is the most basic play in the league, and everybody runs the play. The play is there, and it's designed to essentially get four yards so you can make a first and ten become a second and six and make it a manageable play. They can't run that play because the quarterback refuses to throw the ball. So those are the plays I talk about where if you can't complete just those elementary passes, those routine passes, you're constantly in a spot where, yeah, there's plays where there is no separation. The line breaks down. You have some bad um, you know, guys on the, the wrong page. But over a 70-play course, there's plenty of plays in that 70 that are there, and I'm at the point where I just don't think he can make them. Like, there's tons of evidence that there's guys open, and it's not even sometimes inaccurate throws. It's He's just not throwing. There's guy open. I'm pump faking, and, it's, and that to me is it's in his head. It's now, and it's a little bit of his, he has two problems, bros. One, he doesn't trust himself at all. And two, he's always had the mentality that he wants a bigger play. So the little play underneath where the guy is open right off the bat, Wentz doesn't want that play. He wants a bigger play. So he pump fakes it and he's like, eh, there's something more I can get on this play. Instead of just saying, boom, there you go. You catch that ball for four yards, make a guy miss, Four turns into eight. Maybe it's it turns into 12. But he doesn't want the guy to make the play himself. Wentz wants to make it himself too often. And you see the indecision on that all the time. And I tell you, 
I love the kid. I was a big supporter of Wentz. I feel bad for him. I'm watching a kid, and I legitimately now feel bad for him. It's like, you know, a lot of people might remember watching these baseball players like Mackie Sasser and Chuck Knobloch, who were all-star players, and they just lost it. And you were watching them, and when you watched them, it's almost like Altuve this year. You were feeling bad for him because he couldn't make throws, and you're like, oh, my God, I feel bad. I feel bad for Wentz. I don't hate the guy. I don't think that, um, you know, the guy stunk in the past. I've been a big Wentz fan and supporter. I feel bad for him. I feel like we're watching a guy who just lost it, mentally lost it. And if he goes someplace else, I don't even know if he's going to have it there either. I just think he has mentally lost it because – the indecision, do you get that back? Do you get that back? That's where I think his biggest problem has been, is the indecision is causing open guys to not to, to not be open because he doesn't throw it to them. And the indecision he makes, I think he thinks about the throw, and that causes inaccuracies. I mean, he is so inaccurate that it's almost impossible. It's impossible to get a drive going unless you – totally cater it to what he can do. We got to go high pace. We got to do this. We got to do this. You can't coach like that. You can't coach the whole game based on three things that the guy can do positively. Well, I think you can. I mean, you definitely can. If you're good at up-tempo stuff and you're good at rolling out of the pocket, it's been three rollouts in three games. And when he did it yesterday, you get one play, 17 yards of gain. It's not rocket science. You can put it way more in than one play. It's pretty bad. But you want to talk about Wentz with no pressure yesterday, 66% completion percentage, two touchdowns, the one interception with an 86 passer rating, 22 of 33. Under pressure, three of 12, 25% completion percentage so things got ugly he was doing well without pressure he's hit 111 times 46 sacks I mean look you talk about the indecisiveness and all and, and I think that a lot comes of those, down to when you're but, when but, you're ha- hiking the ball you just don't know what you're going to get and factor in your receivers can't get open either there's a lot that comes bro, into play a lot of those hits a lot of the hits he's taken and a lot of that are on himself because he's holding not the a, ball too long. Not, not really. Well, is he? Is that because the, you see the break? Right. There's plays where he is missing guys, but there's a ton of plays as well where he literally has nowhere to go with the ball, and that matters. Yeah, absolutely. That happens to everybody. There's plays that just break down. You throw the ball away, and you start over. That happens, okay? If you recognize, okay, there's pressure coming, you get rid of that ball, and you live to fight another down. That's where, you know, early in the year, I'll give him this credit. Early in the year, that pressure was was coming and he was trying to make a play now it's either he's taking the sack which is it's not better but at least he's not throwing the pick you know where early in the year the pressure would come and he just close his eyes and throw it just to get rid of the ball now he's at least throwing the ball away a little bit more he's taking the sacks but there's a lot of times where the sack is coming because he's holding the ball and his indecision yeah there's pressure but the average in this league is two and a half seconds. That's what you have to make a decision. Two and a half well, seconds. Well, these receivers aren't getting open in two and a half seconds. They're not, not all the time. They're just nine. Not all the time. But you're telling me, go watch the video, because I watched it this morning again. They're open. They yeah, there's some are plays to open. be made, but you talk about a 70-play sample size. There's going to be a couple that are that he misses, but the majority of the time, I said, those players were struggling big time to We watched get a different available. game. We watched a different game, and I watched it again this morning, and 
Um, we're watching a different game. There are plays. These guys are open. He's got multiple guys open. Now, the Goddard play, this is a great example. He Goddard's open, by the way. He misses him. He underthrows Goddard. It's a bad throw. But Goddard is open. The problem is there are two other guys that are so open that he chooses to go to Goddard, who was the most covered of them all. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is Goddard's open, and he makes a bad throw. He had two other guys that were so open that he never even looks at. He never even recognizes that you had Ward and Rieger just basically standing there, going with their hands over their head, both of them. But he makes a decision to go to Goddard. He takes a shot down the field. It's a bad throw. But it's an example, again, of these guys are wide open. There's a play where Greg Ward is wide open. And Ward, he looks at Ward. He pumps it to Ward. And it's like, eh, that's not really the play I want. He ends up throwing the ball across his body to the other side of the field to Miles Sanders. Ward is wide open. He's wide open. So these guys are open. They might not be the wide open that we like, but they have just enough to get it there. If there's a decisive decision, just you're when that when you make that turn, that ball's going to be there on you. And I'm not asking him to be Russell Wilson, although I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say he should be because that's what you're getting paid. You're getting paid to be in that Russell Wilson uh, stratosphere. But fine, I won't judge you on that. I'll put the handcuffs and, and roll back a little bit here. When these guys make these throws, they're not. They, Russell Wilson didn't have guys wide open last night. He's throwing it to where only his guy can make plays. Sure, he had some guys wide open, and you know what? He finds them. When they're wide open, he finds them. But they're not always wide open. And when he throws it to the guy out of the backfield, he throws it so that guy catches it, and he's in. All in the same motion. He doesn't have to stop. He doesn't have to go behind him. He doesn't have to go high. He throws a nice pass to Goddard. There was a play. I said, nice pitch and catch to Goddard. Here's the problem. Goddard couldn't do anything after the catch because the throw is off. It's not anywhere in the catch radius. So he catches a nice, he makes a nice play. He throws it to Goddard. But the problem is Goddard can't get any yards after the catch. These teams constantly get yards after the catch. Because the quarterback puts the ball in a spot that they can catch it and then do something afterwards. It's all predicated on making the guy miss. You get a catch, and then one-on-one, the defender is most of the time going to miss the tackle. So a four-yard catch can turn into a seven-yard catch. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it makes it go from first and ten to first and three instead of sec- or second and three instead of second and, say, seven. It's a big difference, and they just can't get that little. These are just the basic parts. They got a whole other, bro. They got a whole lot of other problems. But I'm just talking about the most basic of basic. That's the biggest problem is they can't execute the most basic of basic. How can I expect them then to do anything more than basic if they can't get the basics right? Yeah, I, I do see it a little bit differently. And to be clear, I think Carson Wentz sucked. I thought he sucked. He missed plays, no doubt about it. But if I'm going to look at the entire game and not just individual plays like he missed Goddard and he missed Ward and he missed a couple of those handful of wide-open players that you're talking about because I'm acknowledging those were bad and those were horrendous, I look at what I see from a whole entire stand, like the, the whole entire view and that standpoint, and I think that there are just major issues that are just as concerning as that one or two handful of plays. Like when I'm watching this game and I hear constantly, and I mean constantly, 
oh, the miscommunication there, or wow, these team, this team is not on the same page here. Who does that fall on? And that's a major problem. If Dallas Goddard and Carson Wentz are not on the same page, who this is not their first year together, whose fault is that? Is that Wentz? Is that Dallas Goddard? Is that the head coach? I heard that 10,000 times last night that this team is not on the same page. And yes, I will crush Carson Wentz for what he did poorly, but there is such a major issue with this organization that goes so much higher than Wentz alone that I just can't let that slide. It's killing me inside. Sure. There is a huge issue that goes way higher than this guy in quarterback. Sure, that's an organizational situation, though. But on the field, on a given Sunday, one guy has the chance to block all that out and take it upon himself. The other guys can't. Doug Peterson can't. Howie Roseman can't. Jeff Lurie can't. They can make all the decisions that have you ticked off right now and have you burned up inside, and that's fair. But on Monday night, last night, one guy can say, all of that stuff can go away, and I can be the guy that make it go but away. See, I hate that narrative. I hate that narrative. I love that's it. Just saying, I love no, it. I, I, I'm the I player on the field. I'm the player yeah, on the field, and I can prove you all wrong. I can no. prove you all wrong. You need a t- There's a reason why there's 53 men and there's an offensive line. We talk about how important the offensive line is. We've been spoiled by great offensive line play, and we're not accustomed to terrible play. This is what happens when you have a line that gets your quarterback hit 111 times in 11 games. Your wide receivers are not getting enough separation in a big window of play. Like That all matters to the point where... You can have the best quarterback in the world. You need help from your players, and you're not getting enough well, help all see, around as a that, team. That's just ridiculous because now you're blaming the offensive line for every single I'm hit. I'm blaming the that, whole team. No, no, no. No, I'm not. You're saying majority, though, yes. A hundred and however but many times he's been hit. However many times he's been hit. You're now assessing blame to the line for every single hit that he takes. Not I would every. say I would say a, a majority of the hits that he's taking – are self-inflicted. He's causing no, the hits. Now factor in the wide receivers who are not getting open, which isn't on the line. Now it's on the receivers. Like, yes, there's a handful of plays you can point out. But at the end of the day, all of this adds adds context to why this is happening. It's not just, hey, who cares who's out there? Hunter Brody, Mike Gill is out there. Go ahead, Carson Wentz, because you have the ability to make the outcome different. No, you need people to step up all around the quarterback. DK Metcalf, those were 50-50 balls. 50-50 balls against Darius Slay, right? So let's let's look at the wide receiver who made constant plays for his quarterback last night. That matters. You would not get that here. They can't even get a lick of separation. Well, I mean, and to be, to be fair, DK Metcalf's not getting much separation on those plays either. You're right. But he's making the, the play. Uh, that goes on the wide but receiver But the quarterback winning. is putting the ball in a spot where his receiver can go make a play. Okay, you want Wentz to do that? They'll turn into five interceptions because you you can't make plays like that from your outside corner, uh, from your outside wide receivers. They just don't make those plays. No, they don't have DK Metcalf on their team. I don't think anybody's disputing that. But their offensive line's not very good either. They have big offensive line problems, but their quarterback makes recognition really quick and understands. I don't have a good offensive line, so I got to get the ball out as fast as I can and let these other guys make plays. A lot of these hits that Wentz takes, I hate to say it, they're on him. They're on him. You have two and a half seconds to make a decision. Anything after that, that's on you. And guess what? Yeah, there are plays where he gets sacked right away, and that's that happens. 
You can't take six sacks. You can't do I it. I can't believe you're blaming Wentz for six sacks as if he just had all these open receipts. If, if you have two seconds and no one's open, like, and you're— Two and, seconds. And I just Peters said that. Peters is getting waxed and I, everyone's getting beat. What do you do? I, I think that you have to listen to me better. You said two seconds, and I agree with you. Two seconds, yeah, that's a sack you're not going to— Two and a half seconds is the, t- is the average time that you have. So if there's pressure in two seconds, sure— you're not going to get that pass off. That's not what's happening on a majority of these plays. He's getting sacked because the first read he doesn't throw the ball to. He's indecisive. He doesn't want that read. And then after that, after you miss that first read, that is where you have now put the possibility of getting sacked on you. Because the first read is there to say, hey, I got pressure coming, and I know it's coming. I got to get this ball out and let that guy make a play. And if you don't do it, at that point, it goes from the line having a breakdown to you had a guy open. You made the decision to not throw that guy the ball when he was open, and now that sack falls on the quarterback. I just see it differently. I think there's a reason why there's a lot of men out there as an offense, and it's it's easy to say, well, that's on you, but there's so much that happens in this game that matters from a team aspect that I can't pretend that doesn't matter. I can't pretend that the wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line doesn't have a huge role. Of course in it does. Nobody's saying that it doesn't. Back. Nobody's well, saying sure. that the – I've said before – I've been preaching this over and over that for four years that Carson Wentz has been here, they've had no offensive line issues, essentially. They have had a healthy offensive line, and not only a healthy offensive line, they've had maybe the best offensive line in football during his entire tenure here. They've really not suffered very many injuries. Sure, they lost Jason Peters, but Vitae stepped in and played pretty well. Whenever they lost Lane Johnson, they lost. Anytime Lane Johnson didn't play, they lost. So anytime they had offensive line issues, which were few and far between in the Wentz era, I've stated this numerous times, and I think it's something that's not being talked about, is that they are dealing with something they haven't dealt with in the entire Wentz era, which is massive offensive line deterioration. There's no question about it that that is a huge factor in the inconsistencies of this offense. They cannot have a consistent offense because of the problem that the line's having. Everybody can see that, and if you can't, then there's something wrong with you. The line being banged up, 10 different offensive lines, totally has something to do with the problems that this team is having. It's still not, called, it's still not for me, though, answering the question as to when players are open, which is happening enough times for them, okay? They are having enough plays. Are you going to have an offense that scores 35 points a game? No. Should they score more than nine? Yes. And there are enough plays that they're not going to have this great offense, but they were winning games last year scoring 22 points a game on average. It's not great, but they were winning games because they had good recognition, they knew where to get the ball out fast enough, and they didn't have great playmakers, but they just got it out. They kept drives going. If you look back to those games last year, those drives were painful to watch. They were like 16-play drives, but you know what? It kept the ball out of the hand of the other team, and you just kept getting first downs and getting first downs and getting first downs. They shortened up the game. There was a game plan there to shorten the game up and make these long drives, and it worked for them. And now they can't shorten the game up because they can't complete a four-yard pass. 
That's a problem. That's a problem. Yes, they need to fix their offensive line. It's no question. Do they need better wide receivers? Sure, I'll take better wide receivers. They need to be better there. But what they have is giving them enough opportunities. It's not, they're not the greatest show on turf, but they have enough opportunities that they shouldn't be getting nine points or whatever the hell they had in the first half. Uh, Zero first downs for the whole half, whatever it was. That to me is enough to say something's more something's wrong more than just the line's a problem where these guys aren't getting open. You can't have zero first downs. They got four yard passes all over the field. Just throw the ball four yards. Just throw it. Yeah, see, I see. If if you're going over like that on third downs and not getting any first downs, to me, I need to look at well, who's the offensive mind creating this? And and yes, you know what, Ward was open in that first drive, but I'll wide open. This. And, and, not and just I know open. you don't like it because you said Russell Wilson threw the ball, but you have first and five after a penalty, and Carson Wentz is dropping back three straight times. Now you were just informed by this head coach that Miles Sanders is your best weapon. How you don't run the ball is ridiculous. Now. He didn't have a great uh, a great running game because, well, he didn't have a lot of opportunities and the offensive line was getting beat. But you're telling me your best playmaker, this is what the head coach told me, your best playmaker, your number one positive, gets six Fine. carries? That's a, it's a convenient way to say. It's not convenient. It's, it's a part of the problem. It's a huge part of the problem. I didn't like that they didn't run the ball either. They couldn't run the ball all night long. Should they have run it on the first series? All, they, sure. Six carries. Okay. I mean, it, all night long. You didn't get the attempt to. Fine. The first series, they threw the ball three straight. Would I have ran the ball? Probably. But on second down, when the receiver was wide open, you missed him. Okay, you well, missed you had them. two good throws that were dropped for first down by Richard Rodgers and Alshon Jeffrey in the same series. Dropped by your wide receivers not making a play for your quarterback. Okay, so he but, made the throw, and it was a first down throw well, twice. Again, yeah, you're right. There are plays where he makes a good throw, and they drop the ball. But guess what? They're open. They're open. Throw them the ball. If they drop it all night long, I'll blame them. I can blame them. Well, th- by the way, the Jeffries throw is a half-ass throw, and I'll even. What do you bl- mean? I'll blame. He leads the league, by the way. Just sure, and I'll th- and I'll and I'll blame Jeffrey on that one. But if you want that throw from your quarterback on a consistent basis, you take that guy. I'll take the other guy. But I'll even blame Jeffrey for that. But like I said, Jeffrey is open. Rogers is open. If they drop the ball all night long, blame them. But the problem is. They're not dropping the ball all night because they're not getting the throw. That's the problem. They are open, and they are dropping the ball. And if at the end of the day, man, their receivers dropped all these passes, that's why they lost, then I don't blame the quarterback for the drop passes. I can't blame them for two drop passes. Yeah, in the first series of the night, they dropped two passes. And Miles well, Sanders dropped another pass. Well, about the Greg Ward miss throw then if you're not going to value that and don't value the first series where they where he missed Greg Ward. I'm sorry. I value the quarterback more than I do Richard Rodgers. That's just me. Sports Pass brought to you by JCPenney. The Cyber Day sale is going on now. Stop in store online. Save on bedding, bath, window treatments, and more at JCPenney. You can hit us up on the text board 609-403-0973 609-403-0973 0973. We got anytime hotline calls. I think we had a record number of anytime hotline calls. People were angry last night. Yeah, we also had breaking news, by the way, with the Eagles. Wow. 
Well, there is a tease because I don't even know what you're talking about. 609-403-0973. We'll read off your text, anytime hotline calls, and more. Turn it on. Leave it on. The Sports Bash. All right, so some news around the Eagles right now. They have released safety Will Parks, which is uh, kind of interesting. It's at one of those things where they just need to start to look at younger players. Did Parks, was he a problem in the locker room? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Well, if you're trying to go younger, let's move on from Jason Peters and let's move on from Alshon Jeffrey. Right, so all the other moves they've made, it doesn't kind of it, it kind of doesn't jive with this one, right? It doesn't make sense that hey, Will Parks, let's make him the bad guy. Let's let's make him the example that we want to play younger players. That doesn't make any sense. So something Not bad will happen here. Yeah, it is that is strange. I honestly have no clue their game plan with this one, but let's be real. I don't think we know their game plan with anything. Sort of like that Jalen Hurts package we saw last night. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is a guy in parks that they had some high expectations for. Then he had the hamstring problem. He couldn't get on the field. I mean, he was a guy that was supposed to be kind of like the Swiss Army knife. He could play slot corner, to defend against the tight end, play some safety, and for whatever reason, he just never got into favor. He never got onto the field. And, I mean, I don't know. Is this the first domino of many to start falling that essentially the team is going to start saying, hey, this was a bad guy in the locker room? I don't know. I'm not saying that Will Parks was, but are they try- what's the message that they're trying to get out that they would say, hey, we released Will Parks today? I don't know. I mean, he was on the trading block, and we thought that was odd as well. He doesn't seem like he'd be a guy that was that big of an issue in in the locker room, but who knows what happens behind closed doors. I really have no clue. This could just be a part of what this Eagles organization is this year and a poor decision where they didn't know how to handle a player the right way. It could be that. Uh, 609-403-0973 on the text board. Uh, 609-403-0973. Let's uh, read off some text messages here. Brian in Absecon says, The entire team stinks. Just took us a little longer to see it because Wentz is, uh, isn't a turnover machine anymore. Need to blow it up. Brian in Absecon. You know, Wentz did not throw the interception until late last night, and I don't know who to blame on that, so I'm not going to point any fingers. Doug said uh, they were both on the same, they were on the wrong page last night. I would tend to say that's more on Goddard. I would hope anyway at this point. He said that. He said that after the game. Who, Goddard? Yeah, Goddard said that it was on him. Right, so I would blame Goddard more on that. Um, the, 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 you know. You talked about, oh, who do I blame for being on the same page? It happens every once in a while where the two guys just are on the wrong page. Quarterback, date, boom, boom, boom. Happens way too much on this team, it seems like, anyway. Uh, but Wentz isn't a turnover machine anymore. Yeah, he's not because he's taking sacks. That's why. He was throwing picks before. Now he's taking sacks. So it's kind of like half a dozen one or the other. Which one do you want? Do you want the interception? Of course not. So the 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 other side of that coin is because he's not throwing the picks he's taking more sacks that's kind of has what has ended up happening is he's so cognizant of not wanting to throw the interception that he's now holding the ball longer so you have this whole you know other problem that he's taking too many sacks i mean Keyshawn said it this morning um you know one of the things that he he basically said this morning and i i had the clip i was listening to uh, earlier today which is you know he's 
he's killing the team by holding the ball too long. He's like, look, I don't care that you're getting pressure. You need to know in your head, my line is not equipped, so I need to do a better job of getting the ball out. You can't stand there and take these sacks. And before, he wasn't standing there and taking the sacks. He was just throwing the ball away, and he was throwing interceptions. So now he's cleaning up the interception problem a little bit, but the uh, the other side of it is now he's taking too many sacks. So you got a lot of problems out there. And a lot of it is because of this offensive line. Absolutely. Yep. And um, look, I, I obviously went back and forth with you in the opening segment, and I'm pissed off with Carson Wentz. He has not been good. I'm not trying to come up with excuses. I know that word has been thrown around a lot when it comes to Carson Wentz. Well, you're just making excuses for the guy who has been playing poorly. No, I think both can be true. I think Carson Wentz can miss wide open guys. He can do a poor job at reading the field. And I think because the offensive line is so atrocious right now, because your weapons are not getting open enough in a full game sample size, because the head coach does not use the run game at all, because there's so much other pieces that impact the quarterback play, it's both the right way to look at this, in my opinion, where Carson has flat out been abysmal and everything surrounding him has been abysmal. That plays an impact on his poor play. And and that's how I see this every single damn week, sadly, at this point. Uh, 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Hit us up on the text where we got more uh, that are coming in. Guys, uh, Wentz has a confidence problem. No denying it. However, his receiving core last night let him down immensely. Um, yeah, they had a couple drops. I mean, Richard Rodgers is your third tight end. He had a drop. Alshon Jeffrey is a guy that I wouldn't be playing as much as they are. I don't know why they decide that they need to have him out there. Um, but there's plenty of times where you had guys open. I mean, believe me, if you were sitting in that wide receiver room right now, I bet you they'd be saying, I was open. I was open. I'm not open every play, but I'm open. I'm open enough that you can at least attempt to get me the ball. I, I look. Last week, I watched that Browns game again, and I'm thinking to myself, these guys are open. They're not wide open. They're not sitting there jumping up and down open, but there's a window. But the confidence level that he has says, I can't fit the ball in that window, so I'm not going to. And then what happens? Because he's not confident enough to take that shot. Why? Because I keep throwing interceptions. So I don't want to throw an interception, so I'm not going to take that shot. Even though the guy's open, he's only open for a split second. But that's all All guys are open. They're open for a split second. You have, that, that, you have to have the confidence in yourself to throw it when that split second arises. That's all it is. It's a split second. When he turns, boom, it's there. And if you hold it, now you're in trouble. And once you hold it, I don't want to throw the pick. So then I'm holding it, and then that causes the sack. That's the problem he's in now. He's lost so much confidence that he doesn't trust himself to throw it in a tight window, and because he doesn't trust himself to throw it in the tight window, now he's taking hits and sacks. So now it's snowballing that he's getting the crap beat out of him back there, and that doesn't mean the line's great, but there's plenty of times. The line's doing a nice job. He had to play with Goddard last night. He ends up taking the hit. He didn't need to take that hit, but he chose to throw the ball to Goddard. He had two other guys wide open with great protection. He didn't make that choice. He chose to go to the guy he wanted to, and because he held it so long, he ends up getting whacked at the end of it, and it causes the throw to be short. So it's a it's a multiple-prong problem here, but a lot of the prongs start with the lack of decisiveness at that spot. If that spot had a quicker decision-making, you wouldn't see as many hits and sacks, and you'd see 
You wouldn't see these big plays, which everybody wants these big plays down the field, and they're not getting them right now. And I'm not sitting here telling you that there's more of those available. Every once in a while, you take your shot down the field, but there are plays underneath that they're not making, and the lack of decision, the indecisiveness there is causing so many problems. And then, yes, you have a mediocre to bad offensive line. You're making it look like the worst line in history because of the indecisiveness. I think that there is indecisiveness that plays a role in the outcome with some of these moments that you're speaking about. But I also feel like you're giving the... And look, it's not even like it's... It's sort of like being mad at someone for being in a situation. I always go back to Shake Milton, right? Am I supposed to expect Shake Milton to walk into an NBA playoff game and just dominate? No, no, I'm not. So am I supposed to expect Greg Ward to just be this guy that gets open all the time and he's this beast out there left and right for Carson Wentz? No, no, I do not. But but it does seem like when you were explaining that, that you were sort of giving the wide receivers and all a, a free pass. And, and I just feel that I can't get away from this entire offense being one unit. And I don't think that this unit as a whole is is good enough. And that is playing a big-time role in the outcome that you're getting by the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're great. I don't think their wide receivers are special or great. I mean, but Greg Ward runs good routes. He's not fast. He's not Let flashy. Let me ask you this, Gil. It, look, if you look at, and I'm not one of those, I understand where football is in 2020 when it comes to the run game. But if you look at the amount of times that Carson Wentz got sacked and ran the football, you're talking about Doug Peterson calling over 50 passing plays to 14 rush attempts. And 14 is is not really 14 because you had Carson Wentz run a little bit and all, although there was a designed one in there, yeah. but whatever. It ended up being 46 to 14, and to me... That is, your quarterback, and look, you can go back to saying, well, if your quarterback's struggling, you shouldn't have to do this, but you do. As a coach, you need to adapt. You're rolling out the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. At some point, you need to adapt. I look at what happened with Seattle. 31 passing attempts, 30 rushing attempts. Chris Carson is a big addition to them and their offense getting back on the same page. And they weren't even lights out, to be fair. But Doug getting away from the run. I know we stress it. I don't know if we stress it enough. That plays a big-time part that, that, of that, this That offense. conversation's been out the window for years, the, this whole balance. The Eagles are down in the game, was it 20-9? to nine? It was a one-possession game for a majority of that game. It's 20 so to, get it's, away from the run game then? I mean, that's wild. It, I, I'm not advocating it, but I've accepted that this is the league now. When you have a lead like Seattle does, and they run the ball because they have a lead, so they're running clock. The team that's losing, like this whole thing is, well, when they win, they run the ball more. Yeah, because they have a lead and they're running the clock out. And when you're down in a game, there's a propensity that you're going to throw the ball more because you're trying to get back into the game. So I don't like the league and the way that it's set up, but that's that's uh, that's what it is. That's what the league is now. So It's Eagles funny how down. you accept that, but you don't accept it for baseball. Baseball pisses you off, and you say you don't have to accept it, but here you have to accept it because this is where the league is. It's just uh, you know pretty interesting to me that one, one league you'll accept it, the other league you don't have to accept it. two different it. sports. But your, your point is, this is where the league is. In both arguments, baseball, well, this is where the league is. Give me football, an example. Well, this is where the league is. Give me a baseball one example. One you don't. Give me a baseball example that you're talking about. Well, the analytics and the way that oh, the fifth well, inning comes around, yeah, you, just you don't accept that. I don't think, because I don't, I don't think that it's a recipe 
uh, that you have to follow. In this situation in football, I understand that when you have a lead, you're running the clock out, so you're running the ball more. Having a lead and one possession game and having a lead and having to come back is two different situations. Being down 20, go when ahead, drop the, back 50 times. The, Being down one possession. It was 20 to 9. That's a two yeah. I hate to do math here because I'm no math wizard, but 20 to 9 is a two possession game. And the, the Eagles, Eagles were offense. involved in that game for at one point for a decent amount of time where it, it wasn't outrageous where they had to drop back a bunch of times. They were down 14 to nothing, right? Then they scored the touchdown a, at the half. Okay, but 14 to nothing is a two score game. And by the way, your offense was so inept that you didn't have a first down until I don't even, I can't even tell you when they finally got one. So if I'm the Seahawks, their offense isn't scaring me a lick. So I can run the ball and just shorten this game up because I'm up by two scores. Yes, the Eagles scored late in the half to make it a one-score game. Well, then right away in the second half, they kick the field goal, and now it's a one-score game, and then they go right back down and score. It goes back to 20-9, to so it's a two-score game again. The game was a two-score game virtually the entire game with the Eagles offense doing nothing. Zero. Bupkis, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, I have no concern that they're doing anything, so I'm just going to run the ball. But that doesn't take away from Miles Sanders having six carries. And by the way, it was 0-0 no. zero, zero for a while. Then it was 7 nothing. I mean, yes, it did get into well, that. Well, it was 0-0, zero, zero, but the Eagles point. didn't have the ball. In the, so, yeah, they didn't Wait, run the ball enough, have, but they didn't you, have the ball. The Seahawks had the ball. They went for it on fourth down. They had the ball essentially the whole first quarter. Well, if you run the ball, Miles Sanders having six carries is inexcusable. It, it really is. This is your coach just told you that this is your biggest positive of your team. The guy got six carries. I don't know how you can possibly do that as a coach, knowing that this is your best guy. I agree with you. I, I've said all along, they don't run the ball enough. They never do. They never have. They have not run the ball ever. This is this conversation's been going back to when Andy Reid's the coach. Andy, why don't you run the ball? Oh, I got to do a better job. He doesn't want to run the ball. We just Six assume. Carries. And by the way, we just assume that if he would have ran the ball, it would have worked better. No, but it opens up more of play action. It opens up so much more in your playbook when you do run the ball more. Sure, absolutely, it does. Um, they didn't run the ball very well. By the way, I would have loved them to run the ball 25 times with Miles Sanders last night. He's on my fantasy team, and he stunk last night again. Sports Bash brought to you by Jenkins. Call them for heating, air conditioning, installation service, maintenance, plumbing, drain cleaning service, 609-641-6440 or JenkinsPlumbingHeating.com. Um, all right, we'll play anytime. Hotline calls. We've got the big man on campus coming up at 3. We've got Grayson's Grades. We've got John Clayton. We've got so much for you guys today. Don't go away. Sports Pass Live on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app. There's never an off-season for the NFL. It's football at 4, every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Pass. Locked into South Jersey's number one sports radio talk show, The Sports Bash, with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN FM. All right, a lot of text messages I want to get to. We've got anytime hotline calls, 609-403-0973 on the text board. Mike, seems to me that the pass plays, Doug calls, take way too long to get open. It depends on how you're watching the play, really. 
You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, it depends. If you want to blame the receivers, they take too long to get open. If you're watching it with an open mind, I think you would say the indecisiveness of when the guys are open. There are guys open. The quarterback has the choice. Do I want to throw it to that guy when he's open or do I want to wait? That waiting, you know, it's like Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. Well, you wait too long, you get gabagoots. Well, look, I'll, I'll say that I'll I'll blame Carson Wentz for a lot of things, but I do feel like in some of these situations, you're you're willing to drill Carson a little harder than need be. Like yeah. if the wide receivers are not getting yeah. open, that that is that Guess is what? big. You're right, Broads. Sorry, I'm willing to put more blame on the quarterback than the third it, string tight end. Just call me crazy. That to me, the quarterback has a bigger role and of, of importance on my ladder of, of blame than the backup, the third string tight end. So you're right. I am blaming the quarterback more. And you know what? I don't feel bad about it because when he plays great, I give him the most credit probably out of everybody. I'm not one of these Nick Foles jock sniffers who wants Nick Foles to play quarterback. He stunk, and I said that he stunk, and he always stunk. He played two good games for you. Appreciate them. So when Wentz stinks, yeah, you know what, Broach? You're right. I will give it to you. You're right. I do blame Wentz more because you know what? He deserves to be blamed more than Richard Rodgers does. Well, I, dis I disagree, and here's your here's your problem. It's not your third-string tight end. It's your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. It's your whole entire weapons for the most part. There's points that you can – there's certain plays that you can point out here and there, but for the most part, it's wide receiver one, two, three. It's, it's your whole entire skill well, position team. Well, this is where we disagree a little. Those guys are getting open. The quarterback is electing to not throw them the ball when they're open. When when you can't use it when it's convenient to say, well, they're not open all the time. Well, if they're open 40 out of the 70 plays, then yeah, 30 times they might have been covered. But that means there was 40 other times that he missed. And to me, even if those numbers are flipped, it's way too much.